Thank you, Laura and Philip, for leading us this morning, and John David for getting our media stuff, and Aiden over here. Everybody clap for Mr. Aiden over here helping us out. All right. I think he might have been asleep, but he's not anymore, right, Aiden? All right. He's on the front row. Everybody can see you. All right. In, in your Bible, Romans chapter 5 is where we're going to get to. We're going to look at a couple of verses. Well, we are going to talk about dealing with with some of, and here comes the train. Isn't the train great, right? It is, it is great in Santo. Uh, we're talking this morning about dealing, dealing with some of the troubles that you and I face. So the troubles that we face today as an adult are much different than the troubles that some of our kids are facing, right? Sometimes they overlap. Sometimes they're different for different circumstances. Uh, but, but one of the things that I love participating with is little league baseball our our youth baseball team and uh eli plays and uh man we've got a a neat team out there um and so they played t-ball the first year and we got a bunch of t-ballers in here all right t-ball is let's learn how to run to first base right that's the main point of t-ball like let's figure out how to get around how to swing the bat how to throw but there's no score in t-ball there's no outs in t-ball everybody gets to run around Everybody has a good time. You can only do it for 45 minutes, isn't that right? Yeah, 45 minutes is the time limit, and then you better be off the field and on to the next thing with those kids. But the next one up is a little coach pitch. And in this little little league that we're uh, playing coach pitch, you learn how to get outs. You learn how to get outs. And so we've been practicing, and a a couple weeks ago we had kind of a, a, a scrimmage with our little team. And we hadn't, we talked about getting outs, but we had, no one had really experienced outs at this point. And so we, we said, okay, you get up to bat, you get the five pitches, and then if you, if you miss those, you get one swing to hit off the tee, and then if you don't hit it, you're out. And if you get out on the base, then, then, then you got to go sit down, you're, you're out. We, we, needed to, we needed to learn how to handle outs. And so Eli, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about his, his story. So he gets up there. And he's serious. I mean, you need to come watch. I'm, I'm a pretty biased because I'm his dad. But he's a serious baseballer, and he hit the ball good, and he ran around the bases. His next time up, he hit the ball, and he ran to first. And when he was running to first, he kicked the hit ball. And in baseball, when you are a base runner and you touch the live ball before any of the fielders do, you are what? Out. Right, and so Eli gets the first base. He's got a big grin on his face. He's he's he made it there safe, and then here's Coach Dad coming up to him. Well, son, you're out. Right, Eli, did that make you happy? No, he says no. It did not make him happy. And then another little while uh, later, another boy uh, gets up to bat, and they throw the ball, and we miraculously somehow get him out too. Right, so so he's going back, and there is a sadness. They had come over these two young men, right? They were so good. They were, they were having so much fun. And then all of a sudden, something happened to them that took the joy away, right? So we gathered the team around, and we talked about how in baseball, you're going to get out. It's going to happen. In fact, if you look at Major League Baseball, most of the time, uh, even, most of the, time the batters get out, right? right? A 300 batting average is very good, but that means seven out of ten times you get out, all right? It just happens in baseball. A little later on, Eli got the hang of the outs, right? And, uh, and we had another talk because he got the ball and he went and he got the, to the base first 
and then he held the ball up for the, for the little girl and said, you are out, right? Made sure that she knew that she was out. So we had another uh, talk about grace, right, and, and, and teamwork and, and sportsmanship. Baseball teaches a lot of those things, but the, the, tr- the thing that I realized after walking through that is how important it is for kids to learn what it means to get out, right? Because you and I both know this, that we face, we face outs in life, don't we? We face closed doors. We face doctor visits. We face relationship tr- troubles. We face uh, job troubles where somebody comes and there's a there's an, there, it's that feeling that this didn't go like I hoped it would have gone. The joy is almost sucked out of whatever we're doing. We face that same thing as adults, don't we? Jesus said this, and I'm going to start in, in John chapter 16. We'll get to Romans here in just a moment. But Jesus said this in John chapter 16. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. And he says this. This is Jesus. He says, you will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Jesus says this. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. Now, when Jesus says something in his ministry, we need to understand this. Just like I was preaching before uh, Easter time, right? That is for the people in this moment, the disciples, and it's for us today. Jesus told his followers. He tells you and me. In fact, if you look at all of Jesus' teaching, he says, you know, as a a follower of me, people are not going to like you in the world, right? Folks, listen. You and I, according to not me, not according to ideas, but according to Jesus, are going to face troubles in this world. Sometimes I think as Christians, we, we believe this idea that, well, I have Jesus in my life, so now everything is going to be just like I want it to be. And it doesn't take very long for us to live with Jesus to understand this, that there are going to be troubles. And there, even though we're following Jesus, we still face troubles. But if we read what Jesus said there, you will have suffering in this world. Be, be courageous. Be encouraged. I have conquered the world. That's what Jesus says. That as we face challenges and obstacles as followers of Jesus, that we can be encouraged, not because everything is going to be smooth sailing, but because when we face these things, Jesus has already conquered every obstacle and trial that there is. And that's what we're looking at this morning. There's a couple of different kinds of trials that we face and troubles. And I broke these down into two different types of troubles. Number one type, hey, buddy, he's, he's all right, he's all right. Number one kind of trouble is this. It's the trouble that we bring on ourselves, all right? It's a trouble that there's, there's different kinds of troubles. One of the, Doc's over here raising his hand. I've, I've, we all identify with this. We're going to face troubles and trials that are because you and I make bad decisions, right? We take the wrong job. We buy something we can't afford, right? We do this without thinking about the consequences. In Scripture, we see this, that if we do something 
and we sin against God, all right, we are called to repent of the bad decision, the sinful decision, and return to the Lord. Now, in that, here's what we need to know. The story of the prodigal son. Jesus says this story, and he says uh, that, the, that the son went off and he squandered all the wealth, and that when he returned home, what did the father do, right? The father had his arms open, and he welcomed him, his son home. You and I need to understand this, that God's forgiveness, no matter how bad our decision may be, that Jesus and his, his, his going to the cross and, and the resurrection on our behalf, Jesus can always handle our bad mistakes, all right? No matter what mistake we make, Jesus can handle it. Now, on this earth, because of our bad decisions, there will be consequences here on earth, right? God has, has redeemed us through Jesus. doesn't matter what we've done. As long, if we confess to the Lord, he's faithful and just to forgive us our trespasses, right? He, he restores our relationship with God. But it's like this. If, if we have, have problems in our marriage, right? And we go in, in marriage, I kind of use this illustration of, of trust being a bridge, right? If we have this bridge, and we call it trust, and we burn that bridge to the ground, we break that trust with our spouse, and we make a horrible decision, that bridge may or may not ever be fully repaired, right? But our relationship with God can be fully repaired, but those other things, because of our decisions, may have lasting consequences that we just have to walk through. And through the grace of God, we can walk through those things. It might not look as good as we hoped, but God can help us through that. So this morning, the first kind of mistake is this, is a mistake that I brought on myself. And if you have a mistake, if you have a trial that you're going through, and it's because you made bad decisions, the first thing you need to do is confess that to the Lord and say, God, I made a bad decision. And the second thing you need to do is receive God's forgiveness and help to, to make the, the most of your bad decision, right? To make the most of picking up the pieces and, and moving on. I'll tell you this, God can, can take our horrible mistakes and turn them into great things. You ever seen that happen? Where we just blow it and yet God's grace comes in and he gives us, that's, what, that's, that's grace. He gives us more than we deserve, right? And God's grace can handle those situations. But that first storm is one, that first uh, circumstance is one that we bring on ourselves, and we have to repent of that. This morning, if you're walking through a, a tough situation and you have not yet repented of the bad that is going on in your heart, you haven't turned from the sin of that, you need to turn from the sin. That's your step this morning. If you're walking in something right now and, and you are you are just flat out going against what you know is right, what God's word says is right, what, what God's leading says is right, and you know that you're doing the wrong thing, this morning you need to stop doing the wrong thing and repent and turn and do the right thing according to God's word and according to the Lord. That's your step this morning. That's the first kind of trial that we walk through, a trial that's because of my bad decisions. It doesn't matter what the bad decision is. God always has a path for us to take, even though the circumstances are going to be drastically different because of our bad decision. The second kind of trial that we walk through, we all can identify with the first kind at different levels because we've all made bad decisions with varying, varying consequences. But the second kind of trial that we walk through is this. This just happened to me, right? 
This is just the circumstance that I'm walking through. This is just the, the diagnosis from the doctor. This is just the economy and what has happened to, to my business or, or my financial situation. This is just what's happened in my family when somebody chooses not to be a, a part of our family, right? This is just what happens, and it's not because you necessarily sinned against God. It's just the circumstance that you find yourself in, that kind of trial. There's two kinds of trials. One is because of my decisions has an influence on that. And the second is, really, it's just the circumstance, the circumstance that you find yourself in. Over in Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, Paul's talking here. Romans 5 is one of my favorite chapters of, the, of Scripture. Romans chapter 5 um, and verse 1, Paul's talking. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him... We have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Keanon, in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If you read the New Testament, you're going to see this. The early church, the, disciple, the disciples and followers of Jesus, Paul here in the same idea, put their hope not in their circumstances, their worldly circumstances, but in Jesus Christ alone. As a follower of Jesus, we are called to not worship our circumstances, to, but to worship God who is above our circumstances. We're not called to say, I, am, I praise this great life that I get to lead, right? We are called to praise God, and we praise God, God, I praise you no matter what circumstances change in my life, under my control or not under my control, you alone deserve to be the focus of my worship. Church, we're not called to, to worship Jesus just because he gives us things, right? We're not called to worship Jesus because he meets our wish list. We're called to worship Jesus because he's the king of kings, because he's the Lord of lords, because he is God Almighty. We're not called to just worship because we have a comfortable life. And here's why that's important. If you look at Jesus' teaching, all the people that he healed, man, all the miracles that Jesus did, every one of those people who were healed by Jesus, right, all the miraculous things, right, we see uh, that the, the people that were healed by Jesus went on to physically die again, right? The people that you, I, that you and I know that have been healed by the Lord in an amazing way. And I have a, I have a quote this morning. I was going to read if it, if it can pop up here. The people that we have met in our life, let me see if I can find it on my phone here. Hang on one second. The people that you and I have met, and I've got this guy named Leonard. He does not, he is not from here. 
all right? He's, he's a man that I met. He's a, a, a grandfather of a young man that worked in ministry with me. And Leonard has, has gone on to be with the Lord, but he was facing uh, a cancer diagnosis. And uh, Leonard, I got, to, I got to know he, he was uh, just uh, full of, of the Spirit of God. He, he and I had some great discussions. He's actually out of the Assembly of God Church. And he wrote, he wrote this once, and I, and I saved it because it was so good. And it was his report about um, his cancer diagnosis, and he had been praying. And this was his prayer. He says, this has been victory week. On the way to the doctor office, I was singing victory ahead, victory ahead, through the blood of Jesus, victory ahead. Sure enough, the report that I received was there was no sign of cancer in my body. Cancer free through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, family. Thank you, friends, prayer teams. And for all the doctors and staff at the hospital, for every prayer and effort made on my behalf, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So Leonard went through this deal, and, and the Lord had, had healed him. And a couple of years later, Leonard's earthly life came to an end. And here's what we need to understand, that the Lord worked in his life, but the end result in Leonard's prayer the end result in God working in his life for healing was not that he would live physically forever and ever our bodies are wearing out there's going to come a time just like for my friend Leonard that that even though God healed him and he praised God for that that his physical body wore out this morning as we look at the the the, the message of of the gospel Paul knew this he said, for to live is Christ, to die is gain. It doesn't matter if I live or die, I'm, I'm blessed. When we look at the trials that we face, that you and I face, we have to understand this, that the end result of, of God working in our life is not supposed to be just so we're always comfortable and we're always happy and we always have what we need and we're always healthy. The end result is eternal salvation in Jesus Christ and the things that we go through the trials that you and I face here's here's the truth God doesn't cause the trials right but he allows us to go through some of these trials and why God answers this prayer like this and this prayer like this is God's business and not your business or my business our business is to walk faithfully in the midst of these trials this morning we worship God not because of all the things he gives us, but we worship God because of the salvation we find in him and the relationship that we find with Jesus. We worship God. That's the first thing this morning. We worship God, not our circumstances. I talk to people sometimes who, who have lived a good life and everything's gone good, and they say, praise God for this and this and this. And then that trial comes, that circumstance changes, and they turn, their, their, their faith is not in God anymore. They say, how could God do this to me? How could God take this from me? How could God let me go through this? And this morning, I, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things I don't understand why God allows us to walk through. But here, here's what I do know, is that the power of Jesus can walk us through those trials. That Jesus can help us through those trials. Why does God allow us to go through some of these things? I don't know, but I know 
that he gives us the encouragement we need. When, he, when Jesus says, expect to walk through difficult things, we need to understand that eventually, you and I, we're all going to walk through something difficult. And he says, take courage, I have overcome the world. There's more to it than just the physical life that we live. There's an eternal glory through Jesus Christ. Number one this morning is we worship God, not our circumstances. This morning, if your life is great and you worship your circumstances, eventually, I call it the wheels falling off, right? We've all, ex we, most of us have experienced that at some level. If you've never experienced that, let me tell you, according to Jesus, and, and I'm not trying to bring us down this morning, I'm just saying the truth, we're going to face some difficult things for the sake of the gospel, right? Man, here in, here in America, we have this great freedom. I'm, we, we call this a church. People are in here in the name of Jesus. We're not persecuted to be here. And I'm going to tell you, around the world, there are people trying to do this same thing under great danger to gather in the name of Jesus, right? But they're, but they're doing it nonetheless because that's what they're called to do, to proclaim the gospel. And so this morning as we talk about this, that we are called to worship God, not when it's convenient or when it's friendly, but all times, right? Rejoice always. Not our circumstances, even if it wasn't convenient, even if it wasn't nice, even if it wasn't comfortable, you know what? We're still called to worship the Lord. We're st and, and sometimes I think that if you look at the history of the church, the church has worshipped more, the church has grown more when it's been persecuted more. Figure that one out. The more the church is squeezed in different areas of the globe, that's where the church seems to grow the fastest. That's where faith seems to, to grow the fastest and to become more strong. I don't know why that is, but I, ha I imagine it has something to do with people having to get real with what faith in Jesus is about. Worship Jesus, worship God, not our circumstances. That's number one. Number two, when we walk through these trials, we learn to stand firm when our circumstances change. We learn to stand firm when our circumstances change. Over in uh, James chapter 1, it says this, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Over in 2 Corinthians, Paul says it like this in verse 12. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we are presented with trials, we have an opportunity to stand firm in the gospel. When, when our circumstances change, we are called to stand and not to grow weary in doing that, right? When, when our circumstances change, because we're, we're worshiping the Lord, we learn how to stand. Some of the trials that God allows us to walk through are so that we learn how to stand 
in our faith. Some of you have learned how to stand in your faith, not when things were necessarily going the way you wanted them to go, but when they didn't. When you walked through a trial, you learned what your faith really was. You learned that in your weakness, Christ can make you strong. Jesus uses an example of, of a parable. And he says this, he says in Matthew chapter 7, he says, Everyone then who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. Jesus talks about building our house on the rock. He is the rock. When the storms come, when the circumstances change, if our faith is in Jesus and not in our circumstances, we have the opportunity to stand firm. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever watched somebody go through a difficult thing and seen them standing firm, not in their own self, but in the Lord? What a great testimony that is. What a hero, what, what great heroes we have in the faith. Not because of how great their life was or how many things they had, but because when things were stripped away, right? When things didn't work out like anybody thought that they should work out, when it seemed in the world sense that they went through an unfair circumstance and their faith is all that they had left and you saw it what a great testimony that had on you and on me didn't it the people we identify in our life where we say man i i don't know what it's like to to, to go through what they just went through but man their faith is in jesus that's a, that's a that's a miracle that's amazing when our circumstances change and we walk through these trials we have an opportunity to stand firm number three this morning when our circumstances change and we walk through trials and troubles, we can share hope with people who are around us. If you go back to that Romans passage again, Romans 5. Go back to Romans 5. I'm going to read it again. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us whenever we face trials or or storms we have an opportunity not just to stand in that and, and sharpen our faith but also to be hope to the people around us you know whenever somebody goes through a trial in the world absent of jesus usually one of two things will take place somebody will get bad news and it's not because of their doing, right? It's because it's just the circumstance that's put upon them. They'll get bad news, and they will begin to worry. Because, because I'm talking about circumstances beyond our control, and when we can't control the outcome, the natural tendency of, of our sinful nature is for us to worry, worry, worry. Think about it. 
Think about all the what-ifs, to stay up at night and write a list of all the bad things that could happen, to talk about it with people and say, can you, can you believe this? I'm so worried about this. I'm so anxious about this. Can you see this in our world today? All the things that are out of our control in the, in the tendency of the world, absent of the gospel, is to worry, worry, worry. I, I, what are we going to do? I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to worry, worry, worry. And worry will never do anything but just keep us right where we're at. It paralyzes us. puts a fear in us. The other, the other thing that we tend to do in our sinful nature, absent of the gospel, is we can become not worrisome, but we can become angry. And that's where I hear this. I hear, why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. I've done all the right things, and yet here this, this is, is infuriating to me. Why is this happening? I can't believe that God would allow this to happen to me. I can't believe that all these things didn't work out for me. And here's what I want to tell you, that the gospel allows worry and that anger to, to, to go to the side. And, and when we focus on the gospel, we're able to be people of hope. And I've seen this take place in situations that, that only God can do where um, people have lost their, their children. The worst thing I can imagine walking through in the toughest situation that they've walked through, and yet through that, what that scripture says is that the gospel can give us a peace, right? And Paul talks about a peace beyond all understanding because there's, there's no understanding in that situation. But I've seen people walk into that and to get up and to share things that point to the hope of Jesus, and I've seen people be saved because of the things that come out of people's mouths in, in horrible situations like that. Not any, anybody chose that. It was just a circumstance. And instead of being angry, instead of being the what-ifs and worrying, they chose to focus on Jesus and the peace of Jesus and the hope of Jesus. And the hope of Jesus is enough to save people. This morning, I want to tell you about the storms that you and I are going to face. Those storms, those, those circumstances are going to put us in a place where we're going to have an opportunity to share with people something. Whenever you walk through a difficult trial, you are, you are going to be on a, on a uh, you're going to have a microphone of some sort. It might be an actual microphone. It might just be a conversation. It might be uh, your social media page. You have something. It might, whatever that may be, you have something. And what you do in that moment is preaching something to the people around you. And sometimes God allows us to walk through difficult situations and circumstances because that's the only way that people are going to see the gospel. You walking through a difficult thing and you keeping your eyes fixed on the Lord and you worshiping the Lord in the middle of a difficult day is going to show people around you what your faith is really in. And as you do that, they're going to scratch their head and they're going to say, man, I can't believe that they're worshiping God in the middle of this. I would just be worried. I would be angry. I'd be thinking about this or that. And folks, Jesus says that we're going to face difficult circumstances. Jesus says that we're going to face trials of different kinds, but have courage. Be encouraged. I have overcome the world. Folks, when we face a difficult thing, we are called to stand firm in our faith and also to know this, that the people around us, are watching how we respond in that. They're seeing what our faith is really made of. They're testing their own faith. 
You see, in, in the world today, people are putting their faith in so many things outside of God. People are putting their faith in money, in their health. People are putting their, their, their faith in, uh, in, in our nation. People are putting their faith in, uh, in, in you name it. There's tons of things. But none of those things measure up to Jesus Christ. And they all will fall short of what we need in Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to pray about a couple of things. First of all, if you're going through a difficult trial, if you're going through a difficult season, part of how God ministers to us is through his church. And if you're walking through something that nobody else knows about, let me encourage you to do something, to find a, a Sunday school class that we have, a small group that we have, come and visit with me, and we'll, we'll find a group that can pray for you as you walk through that. Because we can't go through life alone as believers. God gives us the church to minister to one another. Your story, the difficult season that you might be carrying by yourself, you might not even know, but there might be somebody else in a, in a group that needs to hear your testimony. I'm not saying you need to get up in front of the whole group and share it, but I am saying you need to share it with somebody. You need to have somebody praying for you and encouraging you. If you're walking through a difficult season of life right now, there is help through Jesus. There is hope through Jesus, and part of that comes through his church. Next, this morning, if you realize that some of the, the, the trials you're walking through because of your own mistakes and you haven't repented, today you need to repent of those mistakes, of those decisions that you made. Don't, don't say, well, I just everybody messes up. No, you go before the Lord and you say, God, I chose to do some bad things. I made some bad decisions. That's on me. Lord, I confess that to you. And you find forgiveness from the Lord because it will help you mend relationships and, and know what to do next. And then last this morning, maybe things are great for you. Maybe you're like, man, this is a bad sermon. It's getting me down thinking about what's, what's next. Don't worry about the, the bad things. Don't walk out of here saying, well, man, I wonder what bad things are going to happen to me. We're not called to be worrying people. We're called to be worshiping people, right? Praising the Lord, not walking out of here saying, well, I'm going to buckle up two seat belts today, right? Just to, just to be sure that not, nothing bad happens. We don't, we don't know the storms that we're going to face. But, but when things are good, it's okay just to tell people, you know what? I praise God because of things are good. I praise God because not, not of what I've done, but because of what he's done for me. And I, it's a good day, and I praise God for that. That's okay. You can praise God for good days, right? Amen? You need to. And if you're not a praising God person, you need to become a praising God person. You need, to, you need to be a person. Parents, we need to be praising God in front of our kids. Grandparents, in front of your grandkids. You need to be praising God for the good things. You need to be, you need to be leading that. Parents and grandparents, you need to be leading that kind of, that kind of attitude in your home. And then the, pray that God would prepare you that no matter what changes in your circumstances, your eyes will stay fixed on Jesus. Maybe part of the reason that things are good for you today is that, so, that, so that the thing that, that might be a big thing in your life coming down the road, we don't know what any of those may be, but that big thing might become a small thing by the time you get there, Right? That big thing that, that you're going to face, that I'm going to face, might become a more manageable thing because I'm in the habit of not 
worshiping my circumstances, but worshiping Jesus. And that's not going to change. I'm going to worship Jesus no matter what changes in my circumstances. Philip's going to come and sing one more song for us this morning. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for being a God who is beyond our circumstances. There's some, there's some stories in our church today, in, in, the, in our people, where they have stood firm through changing circumstances and their faith has ministered to many, many people. And Lord, today, I pray that as we look at this message that you would wrap your arms around some of our folks and say, keep going. Keep putting your, your, your faith not in the circumstances, but in the Savior. Lord, today, for people in here who have made some mistakes, maybe there's somebody today in this last song, they just need to come and confess, God, I've, 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 made, I've made some mistakes. You forgive us and you help us restore our relationship with you. Or maybe there's somebody here today as they look at where their hope really is. They realize this for the first time. My hope is in, is in something other than Jesus. Maybe this morning they just need to come during this time of decision and just come up here and just tell the church, hey, I want my hope to be in Jesus and not in things of the world. Give them the courage to, to, to come and just to visit with me during this song right here at the front. Lord, I thank you for being above our circumstances. I thank you for, for the warning that you give us. Hey, this is, this is going to come. We're going to face some difficult things. But be encouraged because you, Jesus, have overcome the world. Even death, death on the cross, you've, you've conquered the grave. Thank you, Jesus, for your message and your saving grace. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing this song together.